My name is Kim Rothwell, and this is The Return to Embodiment. In this conversation, I'm speaking with Miss Leah and Jeromeski, the co-directors of Body Language Studio, a dance school in Renton, Washington. Leah has been teaching dance for over 20 years and has experienced performing and competing in a myriad of dance styles. She was a member of the Seattle Supersonics dance team for three seasons and has a minor in dance from the University of Washington. Jerome Ski is the co-director and founder of Body Rock Breaking, a championship breaking training program. He started b-boying in 1996 and has been performing and competing ever since. He is a member of the two-time world champion Massive Monkeys, DBS Crew, and what was the Seattle Supersonics Boom Squad. What is clear from this conversation is that they share not only a love of dance in their respective styles, but a desire to transmit the benefits of dance to the next generation. They really recognize their work of teaching dance as an act of mentorship and giving back service to their community. They recognize the ways in which the hard work of dance translates throughout life into so many different areas and empowering young people to find their true movement voice is part of the gift they offer their students. I'm so delighted to share with you this fun conversation that bridges two worlds of dance. I'm Kim Rothwell and I'm welcoming you to the Return to Embodiment. It's nice to meet you, Leah. I hadn't uh, met you yet, so I'm really excited to see you. Yeah, nice to meet you too. Thanks for having us. It's great. Jerome, good to see you again. Good to see you too. I'm super excited for this interview because um, my podcast, the origins of it are in dance movement therapy. So like psychological applications of dance. And one of the things that's been really interesting to me is the community development and wellness and um, relationship development that can happen outside of a clinical or a treatment setting that can be so powerful in establishing healthy individuals and communities. Yeah, absolutely. So that's why I'm really excited to talk to you as dance facilitators, as teachers, as mentors. Awesome. We're ready. We're excited. excited. Thank you for the opportunity. Of course. Um, So I like to establish how we know one another. Yeah, Boomer. Boomer. We miss Boomer. We're going to miss Boomer. He's going to college. So we've had Boomer for, I think now, five to six years. About. Yeah, we've had him for about five to six years. Um, And incredible kid. Incredible kid. Great dancer. And um, we did competition last season. And he did very well. He did very well with his group. And um, Carrie Bradshaw, 
she put me in touch with you, Carrie Bradshaw did. And, <laughs> um, and I see Kirk for MAT and it's been mm -hmm. super helpful with like injuries and um, plantar fasciitis and all my issues. When I was talking with Carrie about what I did, she said, oh, you really have to speak to boomers um, dance community, talk to them because they're doing something similar to what I'm interested in, which is, um, which is that, that form, that ancient form of the circle oh, yes. in the center. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, yes. The cipher. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's given lots of names in different cultures throughout history. Right. Yeah. But it's this powerful thing that you're using in your practice. And so before we get into that, I'd like to hear the answer to this question and it's how is embodiment to you? And this can be a personal reflection about what that word means for you as well as professional. Okay, I'll go first. Embodiment means to me is constantly learning and improving to be your best self. Those experiences that you've taken, taking that risk and constantly improve and then through those experiences give back to the community give back to the next generation and um so it's each one teach one process that's what we call it in hip-hop so that's been some that's been my life's work um using breaking as the vehicle as a way to uh to self-improve have self-awareness and um to to keep it simple to, to be brave out there and be your best self um, and then get back and learn through all those experiences. Um, emb embodiment for me, I think is just um, embodying the whole person of who you are and showing up as your authentic self in all of the spaces that you're in. So whether that's in your personal life and your relationships, um, for me as a mother, as a wife, um, and then definitely as a leader, business owner, mentor, teacher, adding those core values and walking the talk is sort of what embodiment feels like to me. And I think an, a huge element of that too is constantly leading by example and knowing that you're always open to learning and striving for more evolution personally and professionally so you can serve the people that you inspire or are able to mentor so yeah beautiful there's a lot of overlaps between the two of you it feels like so it's good that you're on the same page yeah. and that's why we're married yes. <laughs> that's why it works <laughs> their values yeah so um you're directly connecting embodiment to and this is my word but to like to mission to values to service within the world i think yeah mm -hmm. absolutely I, I think early on i mean we we grew up in dance um she grew up in the studio world i grew up in the more in the community center world and um through hard work and discipline we got to learn about more about ourselves, right? And there's competitions that you have to show up and be your authentic self and be your best self. 
you lose, you win, you learn the process, you take the other step moving forward constantly. And through that, more self-awareness, through that leadership, through that, uh, a lot of ups and downs, but understanding with all the noise out there, we've always went in listening to that inner voice and constantly just like, okay, I hear that. All right. Am I going to listen to it or am I mm, going to go somewhere else and try to do something else with all the noise that's happening? And I think time and time again, we've, we've listened to that. We've taken that step where sometimes it, it is not the popular um, flow of, of life, but we've decided just to go with it. So connecting with what Leah was saying about um, embodiment being about authenticity, you're saying it's like listening to an inner voice that you gestured when you did it, you gestured to your chest. It's yes. like something that is within that you're listening to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I definitely think that as we've gotten older, um, we've gotten a lot better about honoring our intuition and knowing that that gut brain is something to listen to it's a real thing and um I think the more that we lead from that place like in combination with the heart so to speak the more success that we've had and I think the easier it is to serve kids especially so can we trace a little bit your origins Jerome you grew up in more of a community dance format with the breaking and Leah you are more of the studio dancer I see the bars behind you I'm like oh looks so good so I'd like to kind of get a sense for each of you of your personal origins of dance and embodiment like what was the connection as you were growing of coming into the body, tapping into that authenticity, beginning to learn that voice as mm. you're developing as a dancer and as a person. I can speak to that first. Um, uh, I started dancing when I was three, so it's really hard to re remember you know, what or the why, but, um, my babysitter was a dancer. She, or she took dance classes. And so I think I was just like, mom, I want to do what she did. And nobody in my family danced. Uh, so that was all new territory for sure. And I fell in love with it at a very young age, um, because I pretty much never stopped. So I feel like dancing to me is like walking and, um, I, I just loved it. I did grow up in a musical family. My dad's side of the family is extremely musical and my parents played music all the time. And so I do feel like there's a part of that um, just joy of finding movement with music and rhythms that I was really drawn to. And, and in the studio dance, you know, you're counting the music and you're um, learning choreography and sort of being challenged by this like game of memorization to a certain extent I think I really found found joy also in the performing outlet of it I started doing performing groups and nutcracker productions and competitions at a pretty young age and that carried me into you know young adulthood I ended up uh, going to the University of Washington and getting my mind, dance minor 
So that, that sort of shifted my perspective into the world of modern dance. And then I ended up dancing for the NBA. So the Seattle Supersonics that were here, which is another story, but that's how Jerome and I originally met. What's been really cool of us coming together, and this is sort of like Jerome will have to reverse his story from here, but is being exposed to such a different dance world when it comes to breaking um, really deconstructed everything that I knew about the way that dance was approached growing up. And I would say that we balanced each other out really well in terms of like our origins with dance because um, we can see the value in the opposition of each other and something that was always so frightening to me growing up with my experience was the creative freedom of go out there in the middle of a circle or the floor and do whatever comes to you. That was like so scary as a young person um, being trained to like always look like your teacher or do the steps a certain way in a certain order and really choreography based. Um, and so, you know, coming into my own as a dancer, I had to like really break that, that barrier of fear and kind of figure out what is, what does that even mean for me? Because I'm so good at this one thing. Jerome, I'll, I'll just toot your own horn, but he's gotten a lot better over the years at picking up choreography and like steps for like shows and stuff like that. But like freestyle and creative movement is like everything in, in, in the world of breaking. And so it's kind of been cool to see the cross pollination, especially for what we do now and how we serve our students and what we value in the classroom. But I think, um, I think for me, dance was just always a way, a place that I could go that was safe, a way that I could express myself to really dig into my emotions. So Body Language Studio is our dance studio we run and our tagline or our motto is that dance is a universal language. And that really embodies the fact that there's so many times where you feel like maybe you, you can't articulate with voice. Um, how you're feeling, or you feel misunderstood, or you don't even know, how, you know, maybe what the emotion is, but it can come through as an expression in dance, um, which we always call our art. Uh, mm -hmm. So I think that's sort of what it's done for me. And then being able to give that now forward and see that come to life inside of our students is, is the reward Incredible. for sure. Incredible, yes. I just want to reflect back a little bit what I heard and just like hold it a little bit. Um, sure. So your you used the phrase that it was like a game of memorization, which I love because that's really <laughs> what choreography is. It's a challenging practice to record, remember, and truly embody. Yeah. what has been yeah. modeled for you yeah. and it's a skill and it's something like yeah. that can cause a tremendous amount of anxiety in the dance world yeah. like I have to oh, go yeah. across the floor and do what <laughs> <laughs> and a practice that can be so healthy too to um be able to uh embody what has been shown to you and then to find your own voice through it find your own emotions through it mm -hmm. um 
And then in contrast, you're talking about how there's this other side that deconstructs. It's not that you don't have memory. I'm sure that you use a memory a lot in breaking, but it deconstructs the idea that it needs to look a certain way and kind of offers a little bit more improvisation and creative process. Yeah, and I also think there's, um, and Drew will speak more to this, mm -hmm. but there's more space in there for like spontaneous movement to just like come forth you know incredible yes i mean my friends and i we always talk about the, the state of flow the mentality of being connected in the moment and idea with breaking it depends right we either there's a cypher where you dance freestyle and you know what you're going to do but you allow yourself to be free and then number two there's shows of course um and the shows is choreo with music and then there's battling. The R of battling is a whole different. You allow yourself to be free and be one with the music, but at the same time, have your sets and ideas. But let that mind map the moment. Um, my One of my mentors, Sugar Pop, legendary. Dancer, popper, incredible. He, he helped teach Michael Jackson back in the day. Um, Sugar Pop, electric boogaloos. He once talked about how, about surfing, the whole analogy about surfing. If you are in the ocean and you're trying to do the tricks without no surf, you try to do all the cool spins and tricks and all the cool moves on a surfboard without a surf, you know, that's that's pretty cool here and there. But And so if you go out there in the ocean and you, you catch the surf, it could be a big wave, small wave, a crazy wave going up and down, then you can groove and move and do all your cool spins, tricks, and your ideas and combinations. Now, the surf is the music the ideas and concept is your own personal with the, your own surfboard and so it's the music that carries you and flows but it's you controlling the mentality and the flow but you're being one in the moment and at the same time learn to adapt in the moment and let go which is a different discipline and mindset especially as, as trained dancers so to speak but it's it's done. It's it's doable. It's just about clicking it in and allowing yourself to be free and at the same time be disciplined and be in the moment and be present. Listen to the music, understand what's going on, adapting to the moment, and allowing yourself just to ex fully express. But that's with all the hard work, foundation, and and discipline, and and really putting in the work. Beautiful. So I love that you've already shared about a mentor. Mm -hmm. uh, that's one of the things that I love to hear about is who your primary influences were. So this is kind of how you connect these realms. I use the word, Leah, deconstruct. So like the dance world is a very constructed form. <laughs> There's a lot of rules and a lot of like... <laughs> If you're going to do this, you have to do it this way kinds of things. And the world that, Jerome, you're talking about, the surfing world, the break. <laughs> yeah. They're making you want to go to the ocean and, and surf right now. Me um, too. <laughs> and I'm not good at surfing, but I love that whole art of I surfing. I love just floating on, on the water. <laughs> I need to work on some of the um, foundations. <laughs> Yes. Your realm is a little bit more, is, is more of that naturally deconstructed. Absolutely. 
Yes. And, yes. Yeah. So can you share a little bit about your, um, how you got into it? Like where, where did you start dancing at three? <laughs> sure. Nope. He was break dancing at three. <laughs> so I started dancing at 13 years old, a little later, um, right before middle school, about middle school-ish. And uh, I saw the movie called Beach Street. My cousin showed me and said, hey, you got to look at this. And it's an old VHS, right? Pop it in there. <laughs> uh, for people who don't know, you pop in this rectangle. Book looking thing. And you slide it in there <laughs> and it goes in. You press play. Sometimes it pops back out. You have to slide it yeah. back in and pop yeah. it back <laughs> Yeah. If it doesn't work, you got to pop it back out. And then, yeah. Make sure everything's all settled and it's good. Put it back in there and you press play. Um, and I saw this battle scene new york city breakers versus rocksteady crew and it's a five minute moment clip and they're battling and they're doing windmills they're doing these movements they're doing some back back and they're dancing at the same time and i was just captured i'm like wow like i was already into martial arts and it looked like a, a form of martial arts but they had the intensity and aggressive attitude but at the same time they were they're doing these cool moves and they were of course fighting, but they just had that energy as well too. So it was very fascinating. I'm like, wow, I have to try it. I have to try it. And at that time, and this is in the nineties, you couldn't go to a studio. There was no uh, studio for, for breaking and a teacher, I would teach breaking. You had to just try to find where they're teaching that. And you would hear, okay, they might be at this community center. You couldn't go online. It wasn't really <laughs> online. <laughs> They're online. At that time, what are you talking about? Um, but uh, so you had to find people or you had to find uh, ads in newspapers or not even. It was just word of mouth. You would hear these, these uh, stories that there was a break battle in Seattle. And this crew, boss crew, bowed another group from Bremerton and Seattle versus Bremerton. Oh, that was amazing. Like, what? Where can I see this? <laughs> and you would hear these stories and then you'll watch the VHS tape. It was very organic and beautiful like that. I tried getting into a breaking crew and it's a group called Oasis. I'm going to say their name. And <laughs> I was in middle school. And, you know, when you're young and you're trying to make a name for yourself or you're trying to establish a, a connection basically to the community in the breaking world you want to be in a breaking group so you can battle and compete so in order to get into the breaking group you try out or what we call battling two weeks straight i practiced night and day and I, you know i played soccer so i was kind of disciplined in the sense of, of practicing a lot and uh they told me all i have to do is battle and okay so that day came, I went to their community center. It was in an international just district, Chinatown in Seattle. And this guy named Eden, Bert, and myself, two versus the group Oasis. And it was about seven of them. And we went, we exchanged back to back battle. And um, after 10 to 15 minutes, Bert got in, but I didn't. <laughs> Why? Because I sucked. <laughs> just keep it, just keep it very honest. But what was amazing is there's this guy named Celestino, and he was like a big brother of mine. And he told me, you know, you should go to Jefferson Community Center. And that's where the, the greats are at. The group that danced there was the best in Seattle at the time called Boss Crew. And they were winning all the competition. 
competitions. And I was thinking in my head, why should I go there if I can't even get into Oasis, which is pretty decent, but Bosco was the best at that time. And I just, I just, I just took the big leap, found out, okay, where, how do I take the bus route to get there? I really wanted it. And so I went with my brother. We went there to Jefferson Community Center. And that's where my mind and just, just blown. Um, saw Boss Crew, was very intimidated. I was a new kid on the block. There's another group called um, ABC, which is the younger version of Boss. And there's multiple kids you're talking about. Hundreds of kids going in and out of this community center, Jefferson Community Center. I would look at them and I'm just like, whoa. But I was so passionate that I wanted to learn. And what I've learned, why Boss Crew was so successful, because they had a legendary dance group called DVS Crew, which were our mentors and big brothers. And they've been dancing since the 80s and learned from through the greats as well, too. So they were teaching Boss Crew. And that's why they're incredible. And they taught hip hop, the four components, graffiti, emceeing, DJing, uh, breaking. And they were just phenomenal, not just in breaking, but phenomenal as literally human beings. They, they, were, they showed us what it is to, to be an artist through breaking, to be the art of hip hop and how to carry yourself. Um, and without them, we wouldn't be where we're at. Uh, with with my group and they literally sneak ray one dv one beaver one hughes uh soul one a lot of ones <laughs> <laughs> um and they were just phenomenal and, and the thing though is you had to earn to be taught by them it you and by doing that is being in the moment if I couldn't learn that move, I would go home in my kitchen, practice for hours to get that move, to get their approval and come back the next day or uh, whenever the practice was going to be at and show them. And it might be five minutes here, might be 10 minutes here, because they were practicing on themselves too, by themselves as well too, with the group. But they would teach and mentor hundreds of kids. And I was very fortunate to be taken under their wing. And uh, then... A year later, a lot of them moved. Uh, my mentor, Fever One, who took me on his wing, which is part of that group, uh, taught me a lot. And he went out to New York and Boss Crew, that group that was the best at that time, they kind of simmered. And there's an, another generation of kids that were just passionate. And we started dancing together. And we formed a group called Massive Monkeys. And we entered all these community center battles from these community center battles. We went to national battles, international world championship battles. It was very organic and we became world champions. And a lot of our things uh, that we would never thought we would fulfill our dreams and be on TV. And uh, it's, it's, it's been a crazy ride. Um. <laughs> so good. I'm with you. I'm with you. And um, one of the things that I really love is how much uh as you think back of your own journey there was that hard work on your part but then there was clearly that um that mentorship and that need for other people as guides in the in entering into the culture absolutely the biggest part why i learned early on as a kid is to be yourself to be authentically be yourself 
And when it comes to hip hop, maybe maybe people well, many people think that you have to try to act a certain way, or you have to put you know put put a disguise on and try to be hard, so to speak. Um, but now, what was beautiful is DBS taught us that hey, you know, you put in the work, you learn the art form, and what they modeled was you can be the best artist, the best b-boy, b-girl, the best artist in hip-hop, graffiti artist, DJing, and I'm seeing best at what you do, but we're going to do with it. And they showed that and modeled that to give back. And so that gave me understanding and and, and to see like, wow, these guys are on top of the road. And they're at that time with the, the best. And they gave back. And so it, it was incredible. And and I got to travel very early. Started traveling well, 16 nationally and internationally, 20 around the world from competing, judging, and um, and just actually being a special guest in these in these events, events worldwide. It's really moving. Like there's a part of me that like had emotion come up as you were saying, how are you gonna give back? You know, it's it is this question of legacy and impact on the world. I can only imagine like I practice yoga so I can go upside down, but not spinning. <laughs> you, you know, you'd be very surprised. My my uh my oldest student is 72 years old, Scott. And he did a performance with us years back, but he's doing all the moves. And what's beautiful is I'm still teaching in private sessions, but the art of 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 just dancing, of of really being one in the moment with music and uh and he he's he's a dance machine <laughs> and it's it's very inspiring it's very inspiring that's so inspiring that this isn't something that you have to that only youth can do it's something where it can continue with you as you age you don't age out of dance i think a lot of people feel like you age out of dance like oh my body just isn't as fit anymore or i can't um i don't look as good or whatever in the dance world so nobody's gonna follow me on tiktok so <laughs> that's true <laughs> i get it, I get it. <laughs> but but when when you were talking i had this sense of joy mm. like excitement wonder uh the i think you you said spontaneity there's something unexpected that happened that brought you life it was like a charge of life force that connected to your own life force that said yeah i think this is something i'm going to work hard at in my kitchen <laughs> absolutely i mean when you look at movement any dance discipline and with breaking as well too you're fascinated about the wow factor but once you deep dive and go beyond that you're like whoa this is an art form whoa you can actually create wow especially in breaking originality is huge it's creating something and adding value to the dance or through, you know, through the, the platform of breaking. It's seeing something, understanding the fundamentals, the foundation, getting, getting, putting the work, but then now looking at the movements, like, you know, how can I change that? Or you're in for hours practicing by yourself. Nobody's watching. You're in the flow. You're listening to music and all of a sudden you create art in the moment from a mistake or something you're trying to do or can't do, but you modified it. And now it's become even more beautiful. And then you can show it to the world. And then people get to react real time. Wow, that's fun. That's great. And then with music and, 
and, and the whole idea of, okay, can I wrap this in the cipher, in a circle? I'm going to test it out there. What's the response? What's the feeling? So you become like a scientist. You try to figure out the formula, what works for you. And, and then also understand the energy behind it too. Other than the form, the, the feeling, what do you want to bring this? Is this going to be more of a move that I'm going to use for a battle or for a show or in a moment of freestyling? It's fun for me. Now, now reflecting more and more and seeing how it's just evolved in my in my mentality and my process and self-reflecting on it more. It's it's been a incredible, a lot of incredible moments. It's funny too, because as I sit here and listen to him talk about sort of the joy found in that, like in a parallel universe, like that's where for me growing up, the magic happened when it was like you were given this incredibly intricate piece of choreography that has all of these like and counts and you actually got to the point where you could execute it and hit all the movements. That's when it was like, oh my gosh, like it's that same spark feeling, but totally different approach. So it's just interesting. I've never really reflected on that, but hearing him talk about like the process for him, I was like, oh, wow, I really, I read that resonates with me, but like, obviously not in the same, you know, way. I'll say what's fascinating is, you know, when I was, when we first started dating, we'll talk about dance and she would say, you know, it's, it's hard to freestyle. You know, that was, that was her thing. It's hard to freestyle. She can freestyle. And it's incredible when she freestyles, it's just tapping into that mentality. And when we dance together, I mean, it, it's incredible in the sense, because we're, we're sharing this energy but we're, we're being spontaneous in the moment, but also we have our go-to moves, but we just love being in the corner with great music at the club. We don't go to the club anymore, but there's a wedding. Those days are over. Yeah, there's a wedding. Babysitters, baby. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We just had a babysitter after three years, right? <laughs> we just had a babysitter and we're out in the wedding. This is a couple of weeks ago. And it was just like, wow, this is euphoria. We're in the side of the corner. We're avoiding the circle we just want to be in our own world get lost in our own world and we're just freestyling the moment we're sharing that the energy is showing the the uh, the passion and love of our just our just us that's so funny though because we danced for like 30 minutes and then he's like are you good i'm like yeah i think i'm good he's like okay let's go <laughs> <laughs> we're filled we, we, yeah. we, we're, we're feeling good way too tired of <laughs> hey, we gotta go home with uh two kids and gotta put them in bed uh, but, we, you know, we can go rally for an hour, but, you know, it's going to go a little, <laughs> a little later for the kids and they might stay up all night. And we missed the window. So we got to be strategic now. Dance is both of your careers. It's your work, but it's still an access point for play and joy within your relationship when you have a chance. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's I mean, our kids. there that's full embodiment like because Mm -hmm. one of our um commitments when we had kids when we had our daughter was like we're not gonna force dance on her we're not gonna like make sure she's a dancer we're not gonna try to like start teaching her technique once she can walk um we really allowed her to explore it on her own organically um, and just watch what we do and like see like, oh, maybe she'll be into it. And she was so into it really early on. And then when we had our son, he's three now, 
we were like, oh, for sure, he's not going to be into it, like, because she's so into it. And now we're like, he might even be even more into it than her. So they're, they are like, so embodied with dance. They're both really passionate about it. She's six now. She's take, taken all different styles of dance, whether it's the more traditional, you know, learning steps and choreography and also breaking and hip hop. Um, and my son's just starting to get into a little bit of that from a class format but they go crazy in the cypher when they can freestyle and, and like they blow us away because we look at each other right. and we're like, what? like they come up with the right. most creative ways of moving and putting things together like every single time I feel like they dance we see something new from them that we've never seen before and we're like oh my gosh and I, I don't even think they realize but it's at that age especially it's so organic they don't have that filter of judgment um and so we're just like how do we bottle that up and keep it going especially once they've got like friends and going to school and all that and like what's cool and what's not it's like we want them to continue to like protect that authentic self it's like a science experiment just watching them it's incredible because I mean we're, we're playing music constantly all the time at the house and so we're, we're always having ciphers or we're having dance <laughs> circles and ciphers and it happens organically. And we've been teaching 20 years. I've been teaching 20 years. Leah, you've been teaching for how long? A long time. Oh, we know the formula of, of the art of teaching as well. But with us, when it came to our kids, when they're in the moment, let them explore, right? And what's incredible, especially at their age, they're, they're connected more to the source that pure joy, love, and happiness. And we want that to be their strong foundation. And so we, so when we're dancing, we see that light up. We're like, go, let's continue to support that and let that blossom from that foundation versus, hey, you got to do these moves and these fundamental moves. No, you have the foundation of that, that pure joy, love, and happiness. Let that grow and let that flow into your movements. I'm getting like body tingles right now because I think it's so beautiful what you're talking about. You're establishing trust in themselves, in their embodied knowing. Yeah. They can go into the center of the circle and play and be in flow and be celebrated. Yeah, I know. That's That's powerful. It's it's a gift. For sure. And I think one of our core values for our studio is joy. I see that evolution in almost all of our students um, who are really passionate about Mm -hmm. dance, but I see it in our daughter coming into this age where she's going to be in first grade and she's so confident in certain areas. And I really feel like that is from the dance experience of like it yeah she's way more brave in the cypher than I am <laughs> like to go, I've been doing this my whole life and she'll go in first and get the party started and uh it's pretty awesome to be a dancer takes so much courage and so like being able to facilitate the safe space for that to to like you said blossom and we always tell our students that too it's like the classroom like this is your place to like fall and make mistakes and like feel ridiculous and do it wrong and all of those things you know because that is what develops that growth mindset that's what um 
continues to build their confidence and keep them showing up and like understanding you can come and try again and it's okay. This is the place to do it, you know, not when you're out on stage or at a competition. <laughs> Absolutely. We do multiple, multiple programs, but one program we do is we have a breaking league, a uh, massive break challenge that, that we host and we do a few battles once a month and we have a grand finale at our, our big festival in Seattle, at the Seattle Folk Life Festival. But we were talking about, because we don't just teach moves and combos, we teach the mentality and the philosophy behind it. And also to, to show up to be your authentic self and be your best self, right? And I always talk about what you put in, of course, is what you get out. We don't try to be preach preachy, so to speak, but we're using breaking as a way or using dance as the vehicle in the way to, to be a little more self-aware, to understand when to lead, when to follow, when to, to really uh, take the leap or to take the small step of just moving forward constantly and to put your best moment, put your best self in practice, showing up and really having a standard of consistency of Putting, if, you, if it's that move, trying you're trying to do the windmill, do yourself. You're going to you're going to do do your your best that you can possibly do it. And it might not click today, and it might click tomorrow, or it might you might have a breakthrough. And when we have these breakthroughs in class, where a student actually has unlocked a move or uh, established a, a hard move or just a small move, we call it the happy birthdays because we're celebrating you. We're celebrating your moment of all the hard work and dedication and now you have this big move and we call it toolbox when you have a move you have more tools to your toolbox and it's about how you use those moves it's not about just having the move it's how you're going to utilize it in all your your tool kit toolbox and put it all together and utilize it and maximize it mm -hmm. yeah i'm once again being drawn back into um the the values that underlie what you do and why in teaching and facilitating and mentoring and creating community it's really about things like joy <laughs> and meaning and and service and finding how you're going to apply this work and it also strikes me as i'm hearing about how you're raising your children it sounds like dance isn't actually like a separate thing no dance is part of how we live it's how we move in the world there's this creative process that happens throughout our day and we can get inspiration anywhere not in the kitchen on the playground in the cypher yeah no and there's something so empowering about bringing integration of all of these parts rather than separating ourselves out um so that was striking me as something really beautiful that I'm hearing you cultivate in your in your home, and then also bringing that to how you teach. So really, like those values come into how you hold space, nurture students to be disciplined, hardworking, give it their best shot take risks. I love that you said growth mindset. I have kids as well. We talk about that, that there's this uh, fear of failure for many of us. And that often stops people from taking those risks. Yeah. And having like the 
the the ability to befriend our failures. I mean, I'm still working on this. Yeah. <laughs> befriend yeah. our failures as something from which we learn or grow or take a step back or we adapt to what arises. Yeah. Absolutely. Just the whole concept of polarity, right? Uh, not necessarily positive and negative or winning and losing, but just understanding and respecting that process that, yes, we're going to have seasons. We're going to have some ups and downs. We're going to have some moments. I, with my crew, when we, we would compete, we'd, we would compete versus all-star teams or all-star team in the country versus us from Seattle, representing U.S. And we would win some, then lose a lot in the finals. And then we start learning more and more and growing together as a unit. And then we start winning these big competitions. But um, yes, it's just taking the leap and learning that, hey, it's okay. It's okay if we, we crash. It's okay if we, you know, lose, right? And that's that's a big thing too, especially in this generation of, of uh, instant gratification and also always wanting to win, always seeing the highlights versus... The, what the real is the realization yeah one thing that i really feel like sets our studio apart is the fact that we have such a big breaking program combined with what i would call like technical or commercial dance the result of that the synergy of that is like in breaking and hip-hop culture it's really about like celebrating your uniqueness and diversity. And like, as a crew, like you lift each other up, you, you battle, but then you shake hands afterwards. And so there's this mutual respect. Everybody is like honoring everyone for their strengths and rec everybody's recognizing their weaknesses. But then as a group, you, certain people go into the cipher, like in a battle, for example, based on their strengths. And so you're really working as a team. So there's this huge element of respect and camaraderie. And I think in the traditional technical dance world, it's very self-serving historically, very much like one winner to the top and like, I'm going to step on everyone on my way there. Um, and so what I've seen happen organically with our students, not only because we lead by example and we, 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 have a culture we've established around this but without even really having to talk about it that much the influence of the breaking program and those students and the crossover has created this incredible um atmosphere for the dancers that don't do that style where they are really kind and compassionate and un understanding and encouraging and they're they're humble and it's just really you know and people are always hesitant especially if they're not into the whole competition thing of like ooh i don't want my kid to become one of those <laughs> and we kind of all know what that kind of means and it's like no like that's just, it just doesn't happen here. That's not the community that we've built. And I think a huge influence has been Jerome and like where he comes from in terms of the dance culture and how that's washed over into everything that we do. I'm biased, but I don't feel like there's anyone else out there in our area, at least that's been able to accomplish that synergy in such like a, an organic way. Well, thank you, Leah. Appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um <laughs> Yeah, it, it is unique. And at the same time, though, when we because we had an old older studio and we last year we went we have 
went to a new location now. This is here, and we built out this studio. And now we're building out a new studio, and we'll have four studios, which has been a dream of ours. Four spaces. Four spaces, yeah. Yeah, not four, four locations. Yeah, not four locations. <laughs> one location, four spaces. Um, but yeah, the, the whole idea, the values of growth mindset, joy, happiness, and has that has been the core value. And the teachers, we have phenomenal teachers at Body Language Studio which implement that and number one they're, they're incredible at what they do um and as artists and incredible teachers and they've been with us for years so that just having that whole everybody in the same mindset being their self best self authentic self and our teachers care they really love the kids we all love the kids here that we serve and uh shows through dance shows through dance shows mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Um, you two are so sweet together. Um, I do have a question for you, Leia, about because you mentioned being part of the Seattle Supersonics. I don't know if you want to like reflect specifically on that organization or like more about um, per the performance world, kind of like that's really a competitive space as well. Like Jerome, oh, yeah. you've had a tremendous amount of success competitively across the world and being being on that team as well Leah was probably a very um very challenging very exclusive place to be yeah. uh, I guess this is a multi multi-layered question and I know we only have a couple more minutes but um one thing would be like what what are kind of the values that you felt like you resonated with or didn't um in that space and um what did you take from it and continue to use? And particularly in terms of body styles, mm -hmm. how do you like body types? Yeah. How do you um, support all, all children in having different skills, bodies, et cetera? Sure. Yeah. Um, so I had a mentor growing up. Her name was Tammy and she was a few years older than me. And we were just really good friends at dance. Uh, we danced together. I danced up for my age. So I was with her a lot and um, I just wanted to do everything she did. She, she went to my high school um, and she went on, she tried out for the Sonics dance team and she made it. And I'm like, that's what I'm going to do when I graduate. Um, if I stay in Washington, which I ended up doing. Um, and she ended up then moving to LA, pursuing dance as a career. She's danced for Disney and Cirque du Soleil. And now she books dancers. It's pretty cool. She lives in Vegas. Oh, I love Cirque du Soleil. It's so amazing. Yeah. So um, I just wanted to do everything she did. I was 18 when I made the team, which is crazy. I was one of the youngest for sure. Um, and I danced for them for three seasons. And uh, the best part about it was I loved basketball. My family, we, we grew up going to Sonics games. My dad had season tickets um, and I loved performing. So it was like the best of both worlds. It was sort of in my wheelhouse. I was a cheerleader in high school for three years. So I was like, okay, this is, I understand this world. However, and I do think things have, are starting to change for sure, especially mm -hmm. in the Pacific Northwest. Um, and that's a whole nother conversation. But 
you know, it, there's a, a lot of insecurity that came with that. It would, there was, you would have meetings of like, you know, this, this is where we feel like you need to tighten up, tighten up and, um, you know, being measured in, in front of every, we got paid to work out, you know, it was, it, it, and there wasn't a lot of education behind it. I think that was the bigger problem was it was like, here's a gym membership and you need to work out. But half of us didn't even know what we're doing in there, like, or what was best for our own personal bodies at a young age, sort of being in this spotlight, right. Where you're celebrated, not for your dance talent, but also your looks, like if we're keeping it real, I also feel like I fulfilled a role in the diversity spread of things because I'm um, Chinese, Hawaiian, white, but I was ambiguous. So, you know, one year I remember some, one of the staff members, you know, thinking I was Hispanic. You learn very quickly in this commercial world, whether it's TV or something like that, where you're filling a role. It's almost like this cast of characters. So going back to your question, I think that the biggest takeaway for me was like, it was very valuable learning the industry and being able to share like what's, especially if I did have students that were interested in going that route, like this is what you need to know. And this is what you need to expect. And, and also like, if you're not chosen, there's a laundry list of reasons why it's not because you're not talented enough or not pretty enough it's like they're looking for specific mm -hmm. things each each season um but i think i was really drawn to the coach aspect of it i was studying them like how do they operate what's their job i had two different coaches during my time there like what how did they work well in an environment populated by men, <laughs> you know, and, and who was like a boss lady really. And I think that that actually influenced me becoming a small business owner, female small business owner at a young age. Um, and then my third season, they brought in the boom squad, which was massive monkeys breaking. That's when we met. That's not when we started dating, but that's when we met and became friends. Uh, but moving into what we do now here at the studio, especially for young girls, our ballet program, we actually like brand as ballet for every body, everybody, everybody, because the only reason why people think that you have to be, you know, tall and skinny to do ballet is because that's the aesthetic that for centuries you've seen on stage. And I think that barrier is really being broken. We're coming into this precipice of the doors swinging wide open. And one of our most talented ballet dancers was not at all the ballet type body. And she was dancing on point and had lead roles in her nutcracker and all of this stuff. In addition to that, also skin color, you know, like we ask our dancers now to wear tights that match their skin color, not pink necessarily. And um, gender roles also, it's like, it's everything. We have a, a, a male dancer who's training on for point right now. I think having been in those uh, experiences, especially like dancing uh, in, for the Sonics and, and really understanding like both sides of the coin allows me to have like a more balanced view of like the good and the bad and, and how we want to serve our students. And also um, really emphasizing the fact that like 
to be valued, there's not one trajectory. There's not one way like, oh, you're a successful dancer if you go this way or you move to LA and you're in a music video or like, what's the box you have to check? No, you actually have this world of opportunity that's available to you where you can keep dancing in any aspect that makes sense for you moving on to young adulthood and life. Um, and I think that wasn't so much back in the nineties, you pretty much were like, oh, I just don't dance anymore because I didn't move to LA or something like that, you know? Yeah, right. Oh, that's such a great response. It's so helpful to hear it and interesting. One of the words um, that come to me about what you took from the experience was you kind of became shrewd of like, oh, here's what the industry does. You learned the game a little bit. Oh, yeah. So that you're able to prepare people and then very intentionally cultivate a different culture. Yeah even in your branding, like ballet, yeah. everybody. Cause I know so many people would be like, I would never do ballet. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a beautiful form and it feels so good to do a ballet class and it should be available for everybody. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> it's very inspiring. Once again, it seems like you're bringing back this value that, uh, is deconstructing what dance is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Being something exclusive or only for certain body types or genders or only for the youth or yeah. Um, instead saying, no, this is something that can be infused into your life. It's something you can do when you're in your 70s. It's yeah. something that can build community. You can be part of something larger than yourself, serve, find joy, pleasure happiness. I mean, sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, absolutely. As Leah and myself and a lot of teachers here at Body Language Studio, we've taken the the risk of constantly trying to test the limits of how we can be the best artists. And through experiences of of going to the platform, NBA, we met each other through the NBA uh, songs. But we never, it was, we're just friends, but we never talked or chatted. And so she hired me and I worked for her. Yeah, that, was, that was, that was like 10, more that's, than 10 years. Yes. Oh, that's and, so cute. And it was fascinating because at that time we, we both were dating different people, but we always had a constant understanding and respect for what we do mm -hmm. and the art of, of, of our own personal discipline. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, again, it's, it's being your authentic self and, and and showing up to be your best in any platform and testing your limits or just testing and trying to be the best artist you can be. And through that, we've learned experiences. We've we've been into the industry world. We've been into the community. We've been into the studio world, the community center world. Mm -hmm. And so all those experiences, we just come, come together and, and share it and, and build from that. I was hoping that you guys would talk about how you met and everything. That's really cute. Oh, yeah. When we were practicing for our house. We shared show. a locker room for we like. Shared, yeah. That was the first time because we were the first. I was like, whatever. First breaking squad uh, in the NBA, right? We're pretty much the guinea pig. And so um, those mass muggies, basically the boom squad. But it was interesting because that we didn't know. We'll see each other, say hi. And it sounds cheesy and cliche, but I have interacted with my soulmate. I did not even know. <laughs> <laughs> Not even know, and it took some time. The process that we both had to go through, uh, the journey, and then timing. All of a sudden, we're like, "Wait a minute, 
dance is different. Then we talk about dance. It was like, I'll never date a dancer. Yeah, me me either. I was like, eh. (laughs) And they won't won't understand my dance. That's my ego talking. But but 10 years ago, we actually sat down. We talked and we, we talked about this. We talked about what's happening now. And it took some time. You know, it took a pandemic. It took it took years and multiple years of learning, uh, her learning, understanding the studio world and me, you know, learning through my programs of breaking hacking. Now we're here and it's been incredible. Yeah, I'm so grateful for the conversation and the time. And it just feels like you started off at the beginning talking about your individual understandings of embodiment. And right from the get-go, I got a sense of the commonalities that you share and how wonderful that is propelling you into a shared mission through your studio and through your service in the world. So thank you for all you do. The only other thing I, I guess I would say in closing is I do feel like um, on the highest level, it's a lot of this just feels like we are the vessel and we came together and all of this is moving through us, whether we like it or not, you know, this is our gift and um, our purpose. And I don't think that either of us were ever like envisioning when when we were 20, that this is what we were going to do with our lives necessarily, but it's very clear now that, that we're here. And especially at the age that we are that like, okay, this is our life's mission and this does matter. And this is making a difference and a ripple into the world um, through all of the, the students and families that we serve. So I just want to say that we feel really blessed and privileged to be in that position. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Great to meet you. Thank you so much. And thank you for this opportunity. And we appreciate you. And it's it's been an incredible conversation. Yeah, such a pleasure. Thank you to Jerome and Leah for a wonderful conversation. Thank you for the gift that you are offering your community. Please check them out. Their website, blsdance.com, Body Language Studio, where their tagline is, Dance is a Universal Language. Thank you to Josie Rothwell for the opening credits and Erin Kate Dunnick for the closing credits. Thank you to EEIC for sponsoring this podcast. And thank you to my listener for joining me in the return to embodiment.